It's episode 23, season 2 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, head of the Spur- Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club, Nikki. Good evening. And Atul Tomai is back on the podcast as well. Hello, good afternoon everyone. Hi. Right, it's Saturday the 30th of January, it's gone 3.40 in the UK. Um, we've all watched in various places, I think Nikki, you... Um, I'm, I imagine you watched the game against um, Colchester um, in the Baron again? That's correct, yeah, we did. And um, great turnout. Uh, a lot of the regulars showed up. Um, and we had f- uh, five new signings today, which was great. So we had, a, we had a good atmosphere, even though we'll discuss the game shortly. It was a bit of a boring game, but it was still a great atmosphere and and... You know, good to see all the regular faces and um, and obviously some new ones. So yeah, it was a great day. Mm. Um, I managed to find a dodgy stream. I don't know about you at all. Um, where you watched uh, it? Um, I, I watched it at home. It was on um, it was on BT, so I caught it on there. Um, it's also a great atmosphere, um, but probably not as good as the one you had, Nikki. But yeah, I, I caught it on BT. <laughs> okay, um, I thought that. We pretty much bossed that game. We were pretty much in control, other than a period in the second half when um, we had a few chances to capitalise on that 1-0 lead and we didn't put them away. And then they put us under a bit of pressure, which you know, it's a bit frustrating when that happens. But at no point did I think that they were going to get anything out of the game. And then as the game grew on, and once we did get that second goal, um, mm. that they were completely out of it, I thought. Um yeah, I, I didn't find it the most exciting game. I don't know whether that's the opposition or whatever, but um, I'm just glad that we've won. We're through to the next round, no replay. Um, so it's all good. Mm, absolutely. Um, I was saying at the Baron that it's, um, touch wood, seven out of seven games now that we've watched games at the Baron that we're unbeaten, which is fabulous. So I think we're, you know, there's a bit of synergy there. You know, we've Pochettino thanking me. He did phone me after to say thanks for getting the guys together again. Well done. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a boring game, I thought. Even though we, we did control it and it, it was just it was just a little bit dull. There were moments of, of sparkiness and obviously I was very pleased that um, that Chadley scored and I was hoping for a hat-trick but uh, yeah you know great results good team great performance you know what what can you say there's nothing negative you can actually say yeah I mean really. um, as, as a spectacle I mean I'd agree it probably wasn't the most entertaining it was not 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 massively competitive um, and it was certainly pretty pretty one-sided thankfully in our favor 
which was reflected mm. in the result. But um, I think I think kind of more importantly, from my perspective, I was glad to see some of our fringe players get a run out and actually have a have a good game from a personal perspective. Um, and we've obviously mentioned people like Chadley, Carroll, um, kind of picked up goals here and there, and that's obviously going to help confidence um, for our upcoming games. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, as a as a spectacle, it, it wasn't the best. But I'm just glad the result worked in our favour. We um, we've got a few few players coming back from injury. Obviously, um, Clinton and G Ninja is um, is a more longer term in injury. I don't know whether he'll be back um, this season or if it is. I'd imagine it'll be later on in the season. Um, Jan Vertonghen we'll, we'll talk about, talk about in a, a little bit later. But by and large, most of the players that have been injured are starting to slowly come back into the team. Mason's another one who's not, at the moment, featuring. I don't think he's fully fit. Um, but ben, particularly Bentalab and um, Chadley... They've had now a few, mm. few few games, a few opportunities to slowly find their way back in the team, and it's good that I think Bentalab did did quite well today. Solid performance. Um, good to see that with with Dyer dropping back um, and playing as a centre back, that obviously leaves a gap, but also I would say it, it creates an opportunity for for Bentalab, and, and he did well. And Chadley again now that's I think four goals in three matches. Which mm, will do confidence good, um, yeah. and that, that, that's not to mention obviously all the, the first team players that, 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 that we've got that didn't necessarily feature to, today or Delhi Alleys and um, uh, Dembele. I know he came on second half, but um, yeah, it, it's looking really healthy. Yep, um, agreed. Yeah, I mean, um, I I didn't think. Bentaleb had the best game in the sense that I th- I felt he gave the way gave away the ball um, a little bit too often for my liking. Um, I think that probably came from the fact he was playing a bit deeper than he might have usually done, uh, filling in for Dyer. Mm. Um, and obviously there was a bit of kind of um, a lack of cohesion between him and the two centre backs, perhaps. But um, it's certainly one of his better games since he. He came back from injury, um, and obviously Chadley's weighing in with the goals now, and picked up an assist, I think, for Carroll's goal as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's obviously had an impact um, quite quickly, which is always good to see. I mean, I think uh, uh, Chadley picking up goals uh, or scoring goals is is always a really good kind of indicator in terms of how well we're playing because whenever we have good spells, it's often when he's he's bagging the odd goal or two. Um, mm. So yeah, that's very encouraging. If you look at the the front four that started, I mean that was well. I don't think many people envisaged that Kane would start, but you had Kane, you had Ericsson, Chadley, Lamella. Um, particularly the combination of Kane, Chadley, and Ericsson that was that was a trio that would feature regularly last season. So it was good that those three players were on the pitch together, um, as well as Lamella. Um, also, just on on Bentalab, coming back to him, so he played in the mid midfield again as he did in the Leicester uh, replay with Carroll. Um, now it strikes me they're both left-footed, and Carroll seemed to be more on the left-hand side of that for the midfield pair and and pairing. And Bentalab, I noticed, was sort of wavering towards the right-hand side and. 
Um, you wrote an article. You wrote a, a, an article at all earlier in the season um, for the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcasts um, webpage that we published about the importance of partnerships. Um, and I wonder how whether those two they are whether the fact that they're both left-footed is is necessarily a good thing, having them both on the pitch, and perhaps Bentelab benefits more when he's playing with with Mason, who he played a lot with last year. Yeah, I I certainly think there's substance to that. Um, It's telling that um, Pochettino really rarely seems to want to play Dyer, for example, um, in place of Vertonghen. Um, obviously preferring to to play Wimmer instead, even though though Dyer often could do with a rest, um, he realizes that Vertonghen and Wimmer are his only two left-footed centre backs, and he, and Dyer and uh, Toby are the right-footed ones. So by the same token, um, I think that yeah, I, I certainly think you're right there. Um, it have, having opposite footed players playing in opposite sides of a, a central trio a central duo excuse me um, it just kind of gives a little bit of balance in terms of they're able to to rely on their their stronger foot to mm. um, spread the play about um, so yeah there, 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 there is definitely um, uh, an argument to be made there that it doesn't really bring out the best in the two of them and I think it's quite rare as well to have two left footed central midfielders um, it doesn't really happen very often, so uh, it's something that we'll need to look at in terms of how well they they seem to improve as a partnership. Because Pochettino, Pochettino seems to quite like them together, I, I find. Yeah, um, and as I said earlier, there's also Mason to, to 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 come back in as well. So it'd be interesting when he's fully fit. Um, if if he has to in 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 games like this where he's looking to rest players in the middle of the park. And if he has to make a choice between um, uh, Bentalab, Carroll, and Mason, which of which two of the three that he, he goes for? Um, you know, mm. we, we, we've got to go back to last season, and, I, and I, whilst I think that um, the pairing of Bentalab, Mason, as good as job they did last season, we, I think everybody felt at the time that you know we needed to st- strengthen in that area. Um, ironically, we didn't purchase a midfield player in the summer, but we we've got a, well, we had Deli Ali coming in, but we've got a, we had a special um, player in Eric Dyer, um, which nobody envisaged that, and Dembele's been on really good form. So we've got other options that that um, are, are that would feature first, but as backup, um, I still think that combination of Mason and, and Bentelab would serve us better than perhaps Carroll, just simply for the balance that it brings and the fact that they've mm-hmm. forged a good understanding last year together. Yeah. Also, I think, you know, I like Carroll, but I think he's a little bit of a lightweight. We were discussing it today, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and I just, you know, he reminds me a little bit of, of the moment, you know, the, the periods that um, Ericsson went through where he was just, just too light on the ball and and you know he can get knocked off it easily. He's he's not a really he's not really strong on the ball. Yes, yeah. he he has his moments, but but he's he's not a very strong player. And I would just like to see him sort of bulk up a little bit and become more sort of physical on the ball and and become more grounded and and have a low centre of gravity. So he doesn't get pushed about and knocked off. 
and dispossessed so easily. Um, so, so yeah, I think I would probably stick with the tried and and, and tested of the combination of Bentaleb and Mason rather than than put Carol in the mix. I would use Carol maybe. Um, look, obviously Bentaleb sees some. Bentaleb obviously Pochettino sees something in Carol, so there must be something special there. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting to really see it. Something. I think he's just, you're right, he's, he's a bit lightweight, but he, he's the sort of player I feel that can come off the bench and um, can change a game. He's um, he's very quick with his passing, quite incisive. Um, but, yeah, he does lack that physical element um, that... It'd be unfair to say that Dembele brings because that's unique, what, what Musa brings mm. to the team. But mm. um, you know, even comparing him to to, to Mason, Mason and Bentalab, I think he's a little bit lightweight, and and that's something that he needs to work on. Um, and no doubt he will. I think you know, Poch, as you say, Nicky, Poch sees something in him. That's why he's there. That's why we haven't loaned him out um, this year or, or sold him to a team. That's why he's he's been giving he's he's been getting these opportunities it might take another another year just as it did with with all the players that featured last year last year um exactly. they all the players were trying to get accustomed to Pochettino's way of playing this year they've got accustomed to that they've developed some of them um taken their ga- games to new levels and Pochettino's getting the, the best at best out of them so in his development cycle it's perhaps a bit early and hopefully we he We'll see a lot more from him and, and an improved player next season. Mm. Mm. Um, it's very difficult to, to comment on this game because, as I said, it was a bit underwhelming. I know, I know it's, I know we've won and I know we've won four-one, which I think, by the way, um, that's the sixth occasion in all competitions this season that we scored four goals, which is. I know. Pretty impressive. Um, obviously, mm. several occasions in the league. Monaco comes to mind as well in the Europa. Um, Not bad for a team with one striker, right? Eh? Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, and I think it's also I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but I think it's um, fifteen consecutive away games now that we've scored a goal in, which is quite quite impressive. Um, The, we're in the fifth round, last 16. Um, that, the game will be scheduled, I believe, on Sunday the 21st of Feb um, because oh. we've got the Fiorentina game on the Thursday, on the 18th. So oh. I'd imagine that that match would therefore be pushed to the Sunday, Sunday the 21st, and then, um, yes, yeah, sandwiched between the two Fiorentina games and the return of the, the Fiorentina match at home is on the Thursday the 25th um, we should find out on Monday evening who will play in the next round um, okay. that's, that's obviously something to look forward to mm-hmm. um, unless anybody else wants to add anything more about today then um, there's a few other things I wanted to talk about over the last week but um, quick thing from me what, yeah. what did you guys make of the Dyer and Wimmer partnership and could you see it being used more often no <laughs> sorry <laughs> i just i just think that dyer is preferring the role that he plays now and even though you know we we do have him there it's just i don't think he he likes that role very much 
he made a couple of mistakes today and and uh, unless he he plays in that role more regularly just to kind of get back into the swing of things and and firm up his partnership i suppose with with Vimmer, um i don't know if it's if it's ideal it's nice to have that as an option but i don't think we should rely on it i think he brings us so much for when he plays um the role that he's playing in the midfield now. I, I don't like him as a centre-back, I must be honest. Hmm. I, I can see long-term, um, assuming he dies with us, well, I can see that long, longer-term, as he gets older and his legs start to go, I can see him playing at the back. But at the moment, he seems to really um, created a niche, created... Um, he seems to be enjoy- thriving in that midfield spot, um, and he seems to have cemented it. Um, I think he's done okay, but it's like Nicky says. I think he needs to play centre back more regularly. Um, I liked it against Watford early in the season when we played with the back three. Yeah, um, that was interesting. I thought he did he did quite well there. Um, and I know the last time you were on the pod at all, we talked about this that quite often when he when he plays in midfield, he has got a tendency to drop back, mm-hmm. um, and particularly if the Tongan or, or Alderweireld um, go forward, um, he, he can drop back, and it sometimes becomes the free. He's also good at covering for Carl Walker, so he, he's got defensive capabilities. But and yes, he, he does a good job. I've got no I've got no qualms about us playing him um, if we need to give to- Toby a rest um, but he's got to, he's got to play it more more regularly at the moment uh, he just seems that he's enjoying himself playing in the central role and I think that's where that's where I feel we can best utilize him yep uh, personally I think short term I can see in, in the games where we're not needing to play full strength side and we can kind of rest a few players I can certainly see Poch using the two of them at centre-back more often. Because um, I think that perhaps if, if the the game where Wimmer played alongside Toby was anything to go by, I don't think they had the best game. So perhaps um, I feel Poch is looking long-term and sowing the seeds of uh, Dyer and Wimmer being a, a defensive partnership. Um, but I, I think he's kind of gradually, gradually kind of um, building that up by, by playing them in the less maybe the less demanding games that we have coming up um, but yeah long term I can certainly see them being a bit more of a partnership um, but we'll, we'll wait we'll have to wait and see I guess but um, I, I hope to see see them kind of improve as a, as a pairing because yeah they, they they're kind of not 100% um, cohesive at the moment absolutely okay so earlier in the week the the lads went to Barcelona for a um... I don't know, uh, mid-winter... Team building. Team building, that's the the thing. Um, And um, if you look at any of the photos and videos that are posted on social media, um, to me, certainly came across as team spirit's really good. Everybody was quite happy. Pochettino was enjoying himself um, in in, in the training sessions, um, um, taking shots and uh, just showing his competitive side um but it, obviously that they were there for a reason and, and that was not team building but also just working hard and and, and they, they they did that they could have quite easily gone as some clubs do to i don't know dubai or somewhere else and gone for a bit of a jolly but that they it was a serious um 
serious trip and uh, it seems to have gone gone well. One of the things that you would have seen on social media were the photos of Jan on crutches um, and the injury that he sustained. Um, now there's some talk that it's going to be up to two months, maybe less, maybe more. Um, I don't think Pochettino is going to dip into the transfer window to get a centre-back. Um, I don't know what, how, what you feel about that, but I think that in, he's already got a replacement in Vimmer mm. um, and he's already got a cover for Aldevarel, should we need it, in, in Dyer. Um, the elephant in the room, Fazio, n- nobody's mentioning. Um, <laughs> That's what they call him in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. I don't know how you feel about. It. I can't really see see us getting a getting a defender. No, I don't actually think we're going to do much business um, unless we sign the other Musa, um, which would be really cool. <laughs> but uh, but other than that, I don't actually think we're going to do much business. I think we've got a great we've got such a great squad already. You know. If it's not broken, why why try to fix it? There's, there's yeah. nothing wrong. We're not really missing anything at the moment. And as as Chadley came out and said, you know, I can be your other striker, and he's he's already proving that he is really he's come out firing from injury, which is amazing to see. And I for one am just thrilled for the guy. And it's not because uh, I'm secretly in love with him, but it's because I just think that he has so much to offer mm. as a player. And um, so, so really, we've we've got options. We, we're not lacking anything. We don't need to go out and just spend for the sake of spending. Because we've we've discussed this before, Jab. How much is a player that you get now in January? How much of an impact will that player really have on your squad? You know, you're only going to start to see if you, if they even play for you. You know, I mean, this Moose and Dembele that we, we're talking about maybe signing, I believe he, he there's talk about him having been at Tottenham for a physical. He might go back to Fulham for the rest of the season. You know, we don't know at this stage. And so so whoever we sign, I don't think they're going to have much of an impact. I think we've, we've just got to make the most of who we've got at our disposal for the rest of the season. With, um, with Wimmer... Um coming in for for Jan um, I I personally think the worst thing we could do now is sign another centre-back because um, we've got a ready-made replacement for Jan ready to slot in who from what I've seen has played really well and beyond that in the kind of the the nightmare scenario of losing Kevin Wimmer as well we've got other people who can kind of slot in if need be but I think bringing another defender in will send the wrong message to, to Wimmer in the sense that he's waited patiently for his chance. I mean, he's played really well whenever he's been on the pitch, and only up until up until up until recently he's, has only had about four or five games. And a lot of other players in his position would have kicked up a fuss and gone on social media and been really awkward about it. But he's been really patient, and through a stroke of luck from from his perspective, his chances come now. I think bringing in another defender to potentially undermine him. Um, when up until now he hasn't done anything wrong and has shown himself to probably be good enough to do the job, I think sends mm. a wrong message. So I, I I say we need to give him a chance, um, and and hopefully things will will go as well as I think they will. 
I think I think you know Fim is a really good 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 player and um, uh, you know Jan 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 is a special special player when he's on top of his game and he's also got the, the head start on on anyone on on Vimmer or even if we bought somebody tomorrow just for the sake of argument he's got a head start in so far as he's he's played with Toby from back when they were at Ajax and um, in the Ajax youth team um, and uh, for the main team and obviously um, they know each other from from the national team Belgian national team set up so that that's something that's very difficult to to replace so it's, it's a blow obviously losing Jan only time will tell the degree to which we're going to miss him but it is what it is we've, we've got to get on with it um, I'm sure that Vimmer will do a good job um, we've got strength yeah we've, we've got strength and depth um, there was a question um, later on in the running order but I'll jump to it now Sam Moore asked Vimmer or Carter Vickers who is one of the youth players that Potch um, has a great deal of faith in. Um, I don't know a great deal about Carter Vickers, but but I would imagine that um, I don't even know if, he, if he's got a squad number allocated um, for the Premier League and for the Europa. But I would imagine Vimmer is, you know, he, he's an Austri- he's a Austrian international. I would imagine he's um, he would he would be the the, the the replacement um, for Jan and not not Carter Vickers, however promising he might be. Mm. I, th- I think it's no contest, really. I mean, as you pointed out, Wimmer's young, but he's got plenty of international experience. He's got experience in the Bundesliga. I think last season, Cologne were, if not the best, I think one of the best few defensive, had one of the best few defensive records in the Bundesliga, and he played in um, every game, if not um, in almost every game, if not every game, so he's got these, he's got decent experience. He's got um, a pedigree, and he's shown himself to be a good player for us. Whereas Carter Vickers, as promising as he is, he's untried at senior level, um, mm. and it, it's that would be an even bigger gamble um, trying uh, trying to play him in place of Jan. Um, just a final thing on, on the transfer window, Maniki, you've pretty much said you don't envisage anybody other than this uh, the other Moussa Dembele coming in um, the, the latest I heard on that was exactly you said he's, he's got a medical today and um, there's still talk that well Fulham want him back um, and we're reluctant and I think the players are reluctant to, to do that so uh, depending on which article which website you, you read there's mm. talk that Spurs are going to negotiate right to the end to to um, have the player available now, but either way, it looks like we're going to get him. Um, I don't, I don't envisage. I don't know about you at all, but I don't envisage anyone else coming coming in. And to be honest, the business that we should have, if there were players that we were looking to bring in, the, the time to do that is in the summer, really, yeah, and, and not now, yeah. And if there was no. somebody that that we didn't get in the summer, for example, Berahino, whoever that may be, um if we fail to get them in the summer and we're paying and let's just again I'm not saying we are but if we're paying the price for that now then that's a failure of us of of not pursuing those targets or not being successful in getting those targets in the summer so um, I don't think I don't think you're going to get much available 
and at a reasonable price in January and it's seldom that players hit the ground running. Yeah, you know, I must be honest, I think that Berahino ship has sailed. Um, I, I don't know if Pochettino's even still looking at him. Maybe they're keeping quiet about the whole thing. Um, he, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want him. I think he's a drama queen. He's another Adebayor. So I'm actually quite relieved we didn't get him because somebody who, who throws his toys, yes, you're disappointed that you can't go to the club that you want to go and play for, but somebody who throws his toys and behaves the way that he did with his current club, um, you know, I don't want somebody like that. You show loyalty to the end regardless of who you play for. And if you can't even do that, then, you know, I've got no respect for you. Maybe if he does end up playing for Spurs, I'll change my mind about him. But at this moment in time, I just think he's a bit of a drama queen and thanks but no thanks. Pass next person, please. He's also ineligible if we did get him for the FA Cup. He's cup-tied because he's played for West Brom, so he wouldn't be able to feature for us. So, yeah, I I think I can't see anybody. Yeah, Yeah, I I think the Berahino ship sailed, you're right. I mean, um, team morale seems to be kind of of, of utmost importance to Poch um, and to the point where I think he'd rather not get anyone in and make do with what he's got than get someone in who even has like the slightest chance of ups- upsetting the dressing room so I think kind of Berahino's played himself out of a move um, uh, Townsend's another example he had one moment of, of indiscretion and um, he never I don't think he played for us again. So uh, I, I wouldn't really kind of put too much hope in signing Berahino. And I'd kind of resigned myself a week or two ago to not bringing in another striker. I, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I don't think we need it. I, I, I really don't. I think I think if the players that we've got can perform and, and start producing the goals, we don't need another striker. We've well, got that's enough- the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I think if if the likes of Chad Lee and Son and even NG when he comes back can can perform as we want them to and score goals when we need need them to, then great. Up until recently they hadn't, but obviously that's kind of picked up now with Chad Lee. Uh, however, I think um, it's important that we protect Kane for the rest of the season and not play him in sixty plus games. Um, and if that means maybe kind of bringing those guys in at the expense of maybe not having Kane on the pitch, then then so be it. Which which you alluded to your, uh, in your article, saving Mr. Kane. Um, yep. Which was in a few weeks ago. Which um, if anybody wants to read, it's on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast webpage. Um, so just a very quick, um, and you don't if, if you feel the need not to comment, um, that's fine. Um, so two former Spurs players this week. Um, had moves. Um, Andres Townsend, as we mentioned, to Newcastle, and um, Emmanuel Adebayo to Crystal Palace. Any thoughts or comments, words on 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 either of those two at all? Good luck to both of them. You know, I know that a lot of people don't like Adebayo and and have a problem with him and all the rest of it. But you know, I, I don't wish the guy any ill luck or anything if someone's willing to sign him and he performs for them that's great you know maybe he just does the same that he's done at every other club that he's been at but that's their problem now and not ours 
as for Andros Townsend, I think he was quite emotional because I think it was 16 years that he was with Spurs. So it's 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 a lifetime, and um, and yeah, he just doesn't quite fit into to Pochettino's philosophy, and that's understandable. But I wish him luck at Newcastle. You know, obviously, I hope he plays really well. Never against us. I think he, I, I hope he does poorly against us. But I think um, you know he he does bring something. He's got something special, and and I wish him the best of luck. Final game of the season, um, Newcastle. We're playing away from home. Um, imagine if the the, the 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 league title is going to be decided on that that day, and we're, oh, we're in, we're, and we're in with a chance. <laughs> shut um, up. You know, and townsend has got the ball. He's on the right hand side. He cuts in. He won't. He, he cuts won't. in. And <laughs> he won't. Odin Rosette. Shooting Rosette, yeah. Um, Adebayor, <laughs> uh, for me, um, Palace aren't playing us again this season, so we, we, we don't have to... Um, uh, he's not going to play against us this season. Um, I don't really care much for him, other than I wish him all the best against um, Arsenal and Man City when he plays against those teams <laughs> and Leicester um, and United and anyone else in and around us. Um, I, I don't like the fact that we're still pay, paying his wages, but that's just, you know, that's just what's happened, unfortunately. Um, uh, that goes probably back to, back to the contract that was originally signed um, and, and yeah. we, the, the hole that we got, got ourselves in. Um, at all? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, like you say, I think Adebayo, I'm not... I'm, I'm a friend of mine years ago in Arsenal, fan, believe it or not, um, he, he told me when we signed Adebayor that as happy as, as happy as we were to be getting him, we're going to hate him by the time he leaves the club. Um, and uh, that proved to be the case at Arsenal, at City, and also <laughs> to some degree at Spurs as well. Um, so I, I fully expect that to be the case at Palace. Um, he, I'm sure he's going to score uh, a few goals here and there. But the fact he's not playing against us means that he's not, hopefully not going to ever get a chance to score a winner against us. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's left the club. Thanks for the good times um, and you know, good luck with Townsend. I mean, it was a bit more, bit more kind of emotional seeing him go. Obviously, it meant a lot to him. Um, he's one of those players that I'd, I would have loved to have succeeded at Spurs. But I think it's it's a case of. Mm-hmm. If he if he wasn't at the club this season, would we really have missed him? And I, I don't think we would. I think the impact that he had this season, even last season, was so limited that we could have really done without him. So in that respect, I think we're kind of almost better off letting him go and make a career for himself somewhere else. Um, there has been one um, signing, which is that of um, Moussa Dembele. I'm not talking about the... The, the one that plays for Fulham, but but uh, Musa Dembele Mark One. Um, I don't know how we're going to differentiate between the t- two, but but Musa Dembele signed a new contract on uh, Friday, I think it was yesterday. Yes, yeah, um, and I think that's that's really good news um, uh, for me this season. Um, alongside Deli Ali, Dyer, Kane. Vertonghen, Jan, Jan Vertonghen, Toby Alderweireld, and Larice. Um, he's the first uh, name on the team sheet. Those those seven, six or seven players um, would would always feature uh, in our strongest eleven for me. Mm. It's so nice that um, 
that this is being recorded, Javid, because we do know <laughs> that you have been Rusin Dembele's biggest critic in the past. <laughs> so I love the fact that this is recorded. Would you like to just say that again? Just how, what, what, what happened with him this week? Just repeat and and he, how you <laughs> say he, it again. He signed a contract and he made a commitment to Tottenham Hotspur um, and to playing under our wonderful manager Pochettino, which brings me on to the uh, nice segue on to um, the next subject. Um, uh, Pochettino, um, I'm not going to ask you, Nikki. Well, I will, I will in a minute, but um, <laughs> uh, at all, um, what are your thoughts on, I mean, on Pochettino? Um, is he, is he the best Tottenham manager coach that we've had since um, Birkenshaw in the early eighties? Um, I would. I mean, I, I may be. I may be answering it with, with the kind of benefit of us going through a really good season and um, roasting to glasses, perhaps. But I, I do certainly think, from the perspective of building a side, and from the perspective of building a philosophy, I know it's a very un, a very overused word, but but build, building a, a footballing philosophy and some sort of ethos that we can kind of base our long term progress on. Um, I think he he very well could be the best since since Birkenshaw. I mean, I know the likes of Venables or Yol have won trophies, and obviously that's not to be sniffed at. But um, I think they benefited from having great players at that moment in time. I mean, obviously Venables had Gaza and Lineker. Yol had the likes of Berbatov um, at the time, who was who was sublime. So. Um, but in terms of building a team and a long-term strategy, um, I think I think Pochettino's yeah he probably is the best manager we've had since Birkenshaw. Okay, and my next question to you is it is it okay to have a man crush on Pochettino? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's 2016. You can have a man crush on whoever you want, Jeff. Well, uh, Jeff, we know you've got a man crush on Pochettino, on Alderweireld. Big one on Alderweireld, and no. and I think I think it's happening to to Musa Dembele too that you've got a bit of a man crush going there. <laughs> I think um, before I bring you to, bring you, to, Nikki, I think with, with Pochettino, um, with an interview um, that he gave this week, uh, I think before the the, the the before the cup tie and. Um, He's got okay. So a few things strike me about Pochettino. One, he's well. Is he a manager or is he a coach? Because certainly he's a he's a good manager in terms of managing the players, and he's got a no nonsense attitude. And if somebody if somebody crosses him, that's it. He'll he'll get rid of them. And uh, so he's he's certainly got qualities there as a coach he's he's also a very good coach because he can develop players he's got a philosophy um he can make players into he can nurture talents bring the best out of players um but as well as the professional side of him the you know the very serious disciplinarian all of that there's also and you see this in interviews um, that he gives he's also got a sense of humor which is quite nice he's got lots of humility uh, he's just a really decent guy um, so it's, it's almost like a paradox on the one hand you've got the very serious dedicated professional but at the same time you've got somebody that's 
certainly comes across in in, in, in interviews as very dignified, as, as as quite human, just very humble, and and but also there's a fun element into him uh, comes across a very tongue in cheek, and that's really nice to see. It just makes him real, um, real, and even more uh, attractive um, as a human being. Mm. He does. He's got all those qualities. I think. Um, uh, you know, we. <laughs> We've said this before. I mean, I think we, we all saw what he brought to Southampton. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was something that was written in his contract that he that he came to Spurs. He needed to learn English in order to um, in order to be our head coach. It was one of the, you know, um, requirements. I don't know. But, you know, his English has improved. He His personality is shining through more. But um, but you can also just see the guy is ambitious, you know. Mm. It's just he's not just there earning a paycheck. He's ambitious because he's also got goals and dreams and things that he wants to achieve in his career. And I think he will try to get the best out of his players in order to achieve his goals and dreams and aspirations as much as achieve the club's dreams and goals and aspirations. So, you know, oh, that man, he's just so special, so special. I can talk about him for hours. <laughs> I'm sure you can. And 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 as, as we said it before on previous podcasts, um, he's got he's got a very good relationship with with Levy. If the reports are believed to be true, um, suggestion was um, I don't know how they how they how they, how papers come out with this shit and and how, um, but the suggestion was that um, New, Levy wanted 14 million for Townsend, and um, was stalling on that. And Pochettino intervened and said, "No, let's let's get the business done. I, let's he can go for twelve. I, I, let's just let's just get it done for for for, for, for twelve million. And um, so he's he's out of the way, and I've got funds available for for, for new players. And that, as I said, I don't know if there's any substance to that, but if it's true, it just suggests that the power's not the, the right word, but um, the degree to which Levy trusts Pochettino and respects him, which Perhaps he hasn't had for any of the previous handful of managers and coaches that, that were employed under him. Um, hey, maybe yeah. maybe Levy's got a man crush as well on Pochettino. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> um, I think I think it's quite a contrast to kind of how. It, do you remember it was reported during Harry's Harry's reign about how Pochettino wouldn't trust him with financial matters, and he he wanted to keep him well away from, from any sort of. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, Levy wouldn't trust Harry with financial matters, and he probably rightly so. And he wanted to keep him well away from transfer dealings. And there was a whole thing about how he didn't really give him money to spend that January where we got Nelson and Saha, and he had to make do on free transfers, rightly or wrongly. Um, so yeah, the, I think it's quite a contrast to the current situation where Pochettino certainly seems to have an influence, a greater influence, and more trust. Um, with the the board, um, which can only only be a good thing, I think having harmony at, at the at the top level and everyone pushing in the right direction um, can only be a good thing. Yeah, he's he's just class. I mean, he's just mm. po- Pochettino is just he just oozes class, um, mm. and that's really nice. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just great that we've got him there, and um... we really we 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 really lucked out when we got him. Seriously. 
I mean, I'm so glad we didn't get Van Hall. I keep saying this over and over. But can you imagine <laughs> the contrast, though? Can you the, the, the contrast between? Forget about the football for a minute. Just the contrast. In, yeah. Well, yeah. One's a knob and one is pure class. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could have a man crush on um, Louis Van Hall. Um, oh that, my god, no. Just... I mean, Pochettino's gorgeous. It's easy to have a man crush on him, and then of course he's got all these other attributes. You know, I mean, he's just lovely to look at. So, it, it, you know, I'm not saying from a man's point of view, from a woman's point of view, but there's just everything about him is attractive. His personality, his his managerial style, his class, his um, he, everything. Whereas Van Hall is just an arrogant dick. Prick, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, um, right. Before we preview the Norwich and Watford games and do some questions, um, here's Bex um, with this week's update on the Spurs ladies. Hi, it's Bex with a quick update on what the ladies have been up to in this past week. Following their 5-0 thrashing, I do love to say this, against West Ham, they played Swindon Town last week in the FA Cup. They won 4-1. Leah Rawls scored two, Avila Bergin got one, and Swindon scored their own goal. That result means that the ladies travel to Gillingham for the next round, which is round three, on Sunday, February the 7th. The game they played against West Ham and beat them 5-0 was the Ryman's Cup semi-final. They played the final has been arranged for the 14th of April, and it's now being played against Charlton, who beat 9-0 in their semi-final. It's a repeat of the final last year, and we'll be hoping we can do better than we did last year, which was to lose. So because the last two weeks have been cup matches, there's been no league matches. It means that the ladies stay in sixth, um, which isn't ideal, but not bad at this stage of the season. Anyway, you know who I am. I'm on Twitter, at Bunches Becks, and I'm around on Facebook on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast page, if you need to get in touch with me. Thanks. Bye-bye. OK, welcome back. Thanks, Bex. Um, just to follow on from that and also from the announcement last week, so we've got... Um, we will be interviewing... Uh, the skipper of the Spurs ladies, um, Jenna Scalacci, and star striker Avia Bergen, myself and Bex will be going down to Hotspur Way, and that's been confirmed um, for the 10th of February. So, as I mentioned last week on the pod, um, if you've got any questions, please, um, if you've got any questions for, for either of the ladies, Spurs ladies, please send your questions um, to us via the Facebook page, um, Tottenham Hotspur Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Facebook page and also via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at THF Podcast. Um, and we've already had a, we've had a few good questions come through, um, but we, we welcome more questions. So please send questions to us, um, and actually that should be good in a few weeks' time. Um, just week on Wednesday. that note, yeah, Chev, I just wanted to say well done on 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 that i mean i've been obviously copied in all the communication with um with tottenham hotspur and um and getting the ladies to do the podcast and i just think it's job well done so thank you so much for doing that you know i think unfortunately people don't you know they just focus on the guys they forget about the ladies and and our spurs ladies are doing pretty well so i just think that it's it's great to highlight them and um and showcase what they're achieving this season yeah, it is. Thank you, Nikki. And 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 it's it's good. It's it's a good time. As I said last week, it's a good time to be a Spurs supporter, not just with the, um, the achievements of, of the main team, if you if you like, but also the Spurs ladies alongside that. Um, you know, and um, they don't. 
it's one of the frustrating things from for me. We we have had a lot of questions come through, but it, but if we had the same thing, if we had, for instance, an interview with, let's just say, for the sake of argument, um, Hugo Lloris and. Moussa Dembele or Hugo Lloris and Harry Kane for example yeah um, th- we would get so many more questions and I understand that and I, and I, and I understand the, the interest in, 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 in the men's game and I, and I appreciate that um, women's football isn't necessarily everybody's cup of tea but it's a good time to be a Spurs supporter and I think that it's quite an achievement for the ladies to get to a cup final so um, mm. it, it would be nice if we get more 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 questions in addition to the ones that have that have already come through. Right, um, we've got two games. We're going to preview the next two league games. So we've got Norwich on Tuesday and then away from home and then Watford at home next Saturday. Um, I'm crazy enough to be travelling to Norwich on Tuesday, um, which is going to be very interesting because I've managed to get out of work early. I've managed to start early and finish early, so I should hopefully get there. Um, but I don't get back to London until crazy o'clock in the morning, uh, effectively the, the next oh. day at h- half past twelve, where there's very little tube. So it's going to be a combination of night, night buses and getting home at a ridiculous time. Um, and then Watford on Saturday, I'll be at the game at all. I believe you're, you're going to be at that game as well? Yep, yeah, I certainly will. Um, okay, so let's do some predictions. If I start with you at all, um, how do you see those two games going? Um, yeah, I was I was looking at the form table before this. Um, both of them are actually in the bottom four over the last six games in terms of points picked up. Um, it's it's a bit misleading though because Norwich have quite a good um, home record. I think they're something like sixth over the last six home games. So it's not to be sniffed. That having said that, um, as you mentioned previously, we we're always pretty effective scoring away from home. Um, so I could I could see it being a tough one because obviously they've made their, their ground a bit of a fortress. But I predict a two-one for the Norwich game. Two-one okay. Spurs. So uh, just to add. And Watford. Uh, Watford. I think that's going to be a bit more convincing. Um, I could see a three-nil. Yeah, we're okay. at home. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Mm. Nikki. Yeah, I think um, Atua read my mind because <laughs> I think I was going to go with what he said too. Um, I, <laughs> Sorry, do, I do think <laughs> I do think Tuesday, I agree, is going to be a, is is going to be a tough game. Um, you know, every and, and we say this every week, every game is tough. You know, anybody can show up and perform on their day, but I do also think that um, you know. Obviously, more of the regular players will will come into play, and um, the ones who are rested, etc. So, and we've got a better, you know, um, we've got a, a better form away from home, maybe to a large degree. But can you really say that anymore? I don't know. I just think that if we show up, we can win every game if we show up, and and have that hunger and desire to win the game. So. You know, I think we will definitely win both games. I think I think um, Tuesday night might be a bit of a nail biter. Let's not underestimate Watford either. But we're at home, and of course, Jab, you and a lot of the family are going. Yeah. So um, you'll be you'll be shouting for the boys and spurring them on. I've got 
I've got a guy from Johannesburg Spurs who will be at the game. He's in London at the moment, and he's got one of our flags. So he'll be flying that high. We're getting together at the Barons. So touch wood again, unbeaten. We're definitely going to be winning these games, without a doubt. What do you think, Dad? I think um, I think we're going to beat Norwich 2-1 or 3-1. Um, I say the one because not because uh, not because I think that Norwich are particularly great, but I'm I'm just concerned that we because we've lost Jan Vertonghen and that not it's not reflection on Vimmer, but just because it's going to take some time for Vimmer and Alderweireld to forge an understanding. So I think that I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. Um, so I'd say yeah, two one or three one. Um, Watford concerns me because it's at home. And we t- teams do have a tendency to come to White Hart Lane and make it difficult for us. Um, I think we'll be too strong for them, two-one. So I think I think both games will be close, but six points. Look, if we win both those matches, um, that would be four consecutive league wins, I believe, which we haven't done all season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay, um, let's finish off with some questions. Um, so we've got a question from John Steggles, who says, um, what conclusion can we draw from the game about the depth of the squad and how our season will pan out from here? Atua, you go first. Um, <clears throat> yeah, sure. Um, as we discussed previously, I don't think we can really read too much into this game. Um it wasn't the most competitive. Um, one thing I did take out of it, though, is I'm I'm increasingly becoming happier with the squad depth that we have. Um, and as we said, even players that are on the fringes seem to be coming in and doing well. We've mentioned Chadley, uh, Tom Carroll, uh, Kieran Trippier, I think, had a good game today as well. Uh, so that that's my main conclusion from there. And obviously having... having strong squad depth will help us in future. Uh, the one concern I have is just the striker situation and a lot will depend A, on if we do get someone in um, and B, if we don't how the likes of Chadley and Sun will step in um, however, I mean it's overall I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with the outlook for the rest of the season Yeah, I have to agree I mean you know, if if you think about it, Pochettino's got options and he's he's making use of those options. People or, or players are coming in that you would have never really thought of of playing, and and they're doing the business. You know, so I'm while while sometimes I'll I'll look at the team selection and think, oh, is that really the best choice or whatever the case is? I'm trusting the fact that Pochettino is seeing something special in these guys. He knows what their capabilities are and and that he's making the right selections. So I think for the rest of the season going forward, um, anything can happen. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to take Potter's philosophy of one game at a time and we will see what happens. Um, I think the squad is certainly strong, and I think that, that was demonstrated today. Um, I think that the, the key thing for me is everybody, everybody that comes in, they know they know their role within the team. So if somebody's asked to play 
um, like Dyer, for example, if he's, if he's asked to play at centre back, he'll just get on and do it. He, he knows what he's got, got to do. The full backs, um, they ch- chop and change them every week at the moment, it seems. But each one, when they come in, they they know what they need to do and they just get on and do it. And 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 they know their role within within the team. Uh, similarly, Chadley, who, who I don't think is a a striker for me, um, but he certainly today he looked to be playing more central. Um, there were times when Kane was dropping back and he was in the box and he was getting himself in, in, in goal-scoring positions. And he, he had a few chances early on, a few headers, which um, he maybe could have done better with. Um, but then he had two other um, opportunities. Um, certainly his second goal was... Uh, any striker would have been happy with, with, with the finish. The first one, obviously, was, was a great strike, but it's maybe not your typical striker's goal. But the second one was and yes I know it was Colchester but you've still got to do it against those teams so um, I think I think we've there's enough signs not just today but other um, periods of this season that, that we've got strength and depth going forward okay uh, Sam Moore asks if as is mooted we sign Dembele from Fulham then how will we differentiate between the two when referring to them and he also says uh, second part of his question Dembele the Fulham kid or Berahino I think we sort of um, address the, the second one. Yeah, Berahino, Smerahino, whatever. That ship sailed. Who is he again? Musa. Um, one of the guys, uh, Ross, who is one of my committee members, um, he he said we should call him Tusa. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to... Stick with our maybe junior, senior. I don't know. Or if 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 we have um, Dembele being on the one and Musa being on the other, I I actually don't know. Um, interesting one. What do you think, Atua? I, I I like Tusa actually. Um, <laughs> I think it's got um, it's got great uh, pun potential. Um, might might be a bit confusing if if someone explains it to him, but um, but it it's got potential that one. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, their their names are just incredibly similar, aren't they? I think the only difference is what is the Fulham kid's got an S, a second S in his third name. In, sorry, in his first name, he's got a second S. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know if we can call him second S Musa or something maybe, like that. Maybe you could call one of them Musa and the other one Dembele, a bit like um, AC Milan and Inter Milan, where AC Milan always refer to, tend to be, well, certainly in England, we tend to refer to them as Milan, and Inter Milan are referred yeah, to as, in, Inter. As, as Inter. Um, mm. There's that, what, there's a song sung, um, I was going to say on the terraces, but we don't really have terraces, but um, at White Hart Lane, uh, typically about Harry Kane, uh, when it goes something along the lines of, I'm dreaming of a team of Harry Kanes at number one, Harry Kane at number two, Harry Kane, and so forth. Um, we could be dreaming of a team of Musa Dembele's. We've already got two, so we just need another, <laughs> however many more, um, nine. Um, no, but isn't that just, that whole story just surreal, though? Because... I mean, it's another Musa Dembele from Fulham. I mean, it's just like you read the story and you think, no, wait, this was a couple of years back. Wait, deja vu? What's going on here? It's just, it's just it's quite bizarre. It really is. It's weird. Um, okay, Ali Sun asks. Sorry, Ali. Ali Sun. Ali Hassan. Ali Sun. <laughs> um, apologies, Ali. Ali Hassan asks. 
Son reckons he's covered for Kane, and Chadley reckons he's covered for Kane. So is Moussa Dembele Mark II any better than Son or Chadley, or even Najee when he's back, as cover for Kane? I think it's too early to say. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know enough about Moussa Dembele, other than the other players aren't, um, you know, what you consider out and out strikers. Yep. Um, so it's it's early days, really. I don't know enough about Moussa Dembele. Um, yeah, I'll Sorry. Sorry, Tusa, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just making sure the listeners understand we're talking about Tusa now. Tusa. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I, the, the the quote when Chadley said, "Yeah, he's he's he's, he's uh, capable of covering for for Kane." Maybe I'm being a bit cynical, but I I thought that that was just one of those typical situations where a footballer says, you know, when they ask him what's your preferred position, and he turns around and he says, "Oh, you know, I'm a professional and I play in any position I'm asked, even though he's he's got preference for one or the other." And maybe that was his way of just trying to say that he wants to be um, made available and not not uh, not be surplus to requirements. Um, we don't know enough about Mr. Tabello, but sorry about Tusa even. But what what I would say is, if he came in and we didn't loan him back. The question is, if he is a, an out-and-out striker, is he ready um, to step up to play in the Premier League? Would you pick him? Or would you pick, um, say, Son or Chadley, who are um, more accomplished players, but, but maybe aren't strikers? I think I suppose that's what Ali's, Ali's getting at. Yeah, um, Ali, I will ask Pochettino when we have our midnight chat. And um, I'll message you tomorrow and let you know what he says, what his feelings are about Tusa, okay? But I can't answer for him right now. <laughs> he's just busy <laughs> having a pep talk with the boys and doing, you know, the usual things he's got to do after the game and so forth. So, sorry I don't have more insight. <laughs> I think I think with Tusa, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I don't really know a massive lot about him at the moment. Um, just in, in terms of his goals record this season, I think he's he's got something like nine goals in about 22 games or something like that. So it's it's a decent record. It's almost one in two. Um, mm. I can't see him being obviously ahead of Kane and probably not even ahead of the likes of Chadley and Son. However, I think it adds a bit of depth um, because, uh, so if we do have situations where we need to play the likes of Chadley or Son in the attacking midfielder role, we can bring in Dembele off the bench or whatever um, to hopefully score some goals for us. And also bear in mind, I mean, I know he's he's making a step up from the championship, but Delhi Ali made two steps up from League One and has taken the Premier League by storm. So um, there's no reason why why Tusa can't. And I, I would kind of put faith in the scouting network that they feel that he has a capability, if not this season, at least kind of long term to step up and actually do a job. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point about about Deli Ali. I mean, who, who would have thought that a player um, two leagues down would would have such a meteoric rise, have such an impact mm. straight away? Pochettino um, did. Pochettino did, yeah. yeah I mean, that was the same as you, Jav, at the beginning of the season. I remember you saying that you wanted to, you kind of were trying not to get your hopes up too high. Yeah. When all around yeah. you were. And I, I was similar, actually. Um, but he's he's proved all of us wrong. So the the I, precedent I, is there. 
I didn't feature. I didn't feel that he should feature in every game. Now I do. Now I think he's for me. As I said, with with the other six players I mentioned, for me he's he's. If you pick, if you're picking, if somebody says to me, pick your strongest starting eleven, he would be, yeah. he would be on 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 the team sheet, um, no mm. doubt. Um, okay, I've got about two or three questions. Um, Paul Esau asks, do you think that the word has got back to Ericsson about his lack of tr- tracking back, being weak in the tackle, and the inability to take corners? Uh, since it was highlighted on the pod and various social media sites just recently, he's he's upped his game and, in my opinion, back on form. And he puts hashtag pod, pod power. Um, pod power. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously... Um, yeah, we did discuss I'd, it at length a few pods ago. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to say that, that, that um, the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast was listened to by all in <laughs> Sundry and, and we're influ- influential, but um, we're not. I mean, it, 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 he's right. It has been mentioned on social media sites and, and other podcasts. The Fighting Cock, for instance, talked about it as well a few weeks ago, and, and, and as, as did we. Um, has he upped his game? Yeah, I think he's... He seems to be playing a lot better. Um, his corners are still shocking, I've got to say. He, he's, he's getting better. I don't think he's still quite the Ericsson that we used to see. Um, there's still something lacking, but he certainly is improving. And, you know, the thing is, that's really, really good about him is even he acknowledges that he hasn't been on form, that he hasn't been on top of his game. So the guy knows that something is missing. And... Um, the, the decent thing about Pochettino, even though I think I was one of them calling for him to be, you know, subbed and um, and put on the bench so that he can actually get a bit of a fright and, and fight for his place in the starting eleven. I do think that at least the guy realizes that there's something lacking, and Pochettino again sees something that we don't. We don't see what happens. We just see what social media wants us to see you know what Tottenham want us to see we don't see all the behind the scenes going on etc so whatever work Pochettino is doing with Ericsson it's obviously working to help improve his game but the, the player's got to want it to a certain degree too I wouldn't say he's quite there yet I do think that there's there's a fair bit of work to be had but he certainly has improved of late he's not as shocking as he has been I, I personally think that Hotch does listen to the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast and <laughs> has probably gone back and had a word. Uh, <laughs> I, I look forward oh, to seeing. I, love you. <laughs> I look forward to seeing the uh, the effect of, of what we've discussed today in our in our game against Norwich. Well, it's interesting because a few, a few weeks ago um, we had a question from um, Annette Smith um, regarding. Um, Nasser Chadley and I think it was Annette Smith um, uh, regarding Nasser Chadley and whether he um, whether he had a future at Spurs and it seems he's listened to the podcast because um, yes. it seems there is a place for him after all <laughs> um, so thank you for raising that Annette and uh, yeah thank you for listening Mr. Yeah, Nasser well, Chadley well, exactly but look, you guys forget okay I spoke to Chadley too damn it you know, I've got I've got Chadley and Pochettino there on my little corner, and um, and Chadley heard the fact that I said that I don't ever think I want to see a Tottenham team without him, and then he just realised he's got to perform in order to keep me happy. So it's all down to me. It's I, all down I know to you. that you, I know that you want to take responsibility. I know that we want to as a group, as a pod, 
but it's me. It's all me. It's all me. Sorry. Just putting it out there as it is. Never argue with, with a woman. Um, right. Okay. Final two questions. Um, again, another one from Ali Hassan. He says, has Musa Dembele, Mark 1, finally con- conceded that the White Hart Lane pitch is actually wide enough to play on or has Pochettino changed the style of play to fit the pitch this is quite interesting because if you remember a few i was thinking about this the other day if you remember a few years ago when avb was manager there was all there was this talk of and it might have been mr zembele who uh, well i think that he's alluded to that here ali the racist there was talk um at the time that the pitch was too small and uh, white Hart lane and we couldn't that was a problem for us because we couldn't play um our game and so forth which i i found to be bollocks because it wasn't a problem when when, for instance, Redknapp was manager and we were we had Bale and we had Lennon um, and we were playing 4-4-2 and using the width of the pitch, um, the tiny so-called tiny pitch at Wahat Lane. Um, and it, it is a smaller pitch than, than other grounds. Um, but there's been no talk of that this season, um, even last for that matter. Um, yeah, I, I think with Musa... Um... It it sounds it sounds like back then that was kind of him making excuses in terms of maybe he wasn't performing to the standard that he wanted or the team weren't performing. Um, I think I think this season, uh, for whatever reason, he's kind of knuckled down and there's been a switch mentally in the sense that I think he's um, he's now the penny's dropped and he's he's decided that he wants to become the player that he has the potential to be. Um, so rather than kind of making excuses about the pitch, or I remember Adebayor, I think last season, made, was talking about the White Hart Lane crowd, um, things like that, to to kind of cover for their own deficiencies. Um, I think Musa's Mous- um, kind of taken the initiative and is, is actually doing something about about performances and he, he now he doesn't need a bigger pitch he he's playing amazingly well on the same pitch and i'm sure if you asked him now he he would have no concerns with the pitch at all <laughs> so um so mm. maybe, maybe you can ask pochettino to pass pass the <laughs> question on to dembele next time you speak to him nicky um okay <laughs> i'm not gonna give i'm not gonna give nicky the opportunity to to, to... <laughs> Uh, take any more credit on that one um, I would say that I would say that, that, that Pochettino again he's he's taken a talented player and he's um, brought the best out of him um, and that's down mm. to his down to his coaching so all hell Pochettino yeah. hashtag man crush um, right <laughs> f- final final question um, Nick Seal asks can the panel name our only royal player to wear the famous Spurs shirt as in real royal. Um, because, oh, because if you say royal, I mean, it could be a royal name. So then obviously you've got Ledley King. Yep, Ledley King is one. Um, I, I, Nick had a particular answer in mind. I, I know I know his answer. Um, but uh, okay. but, but, but Ledley, Ledley King is certainly one one possibility, I, I would have thought. Any, anyone else? Um, Can we get, get some sort of clue? Um well, when did this person play? When did this person play? Um, in the in the eighties. Mm. Tony Galvin. Tony Galvin. Nope. <laughs> nope. So. Okay, um, well, wait, hang on a sec. Why Tony Galvin? Why would you say him? Oh, you just I pull, pull out I a name. I plucked out a name from the eighties. 
<laughs> so the, the obvious ones, um, Ledley King, because, um, and then you've got Kevin Prince Boateng again. Um, I think because of the name. Yeah. Um, the one that Nick had in mind. Um, so the answer is Glenn Hoddle um, because of the chant "Born is the King of White Hart Lane," which was sang um, in, in the eighties. But I've got news for Nick because I'm pretty sure, um, and older listeners would know that that same chant. Born as a King of White Hart Lane was sung about Alan Gilzean um, yeah. in the 60s, 70s. Striker, so, yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, oh. uh, you're right, Nick, Nick, but you're wrong as well. Um, <laughs> right. Um, on, on that note, um, at all, just a, qu- a quick one. I was just um, thank you for obviously taking part in the podcast. Um, no problem. Thank you. If well, anybody, you're, you're all contactable on. Um, at eighty underscore Spurs, um, that is right. And I've and I've mentioned you've obviously written a few articles for the Tottenham Hotspur Family podcast, the the, the Saving Mr Kane article, and recently um, uh, you wrote an article called Naughty Deli Alley, um, and I believe there is another one in the pipeline for us um, about yes. Musa. Yep, um, correct. Ballet, not Tusa. Um, I, I... I will I will publish that one on on Sunday, on Monday, but I must just tell people that when I read it, I got so emotional because it's just like so much pride, and you sort of summed it up. Um, it's a good writing. I can't wait for people, our listeners, to read it. It's great. Fantastic. Thank you. I can't, I can't wait for it. <clears throat> I, I tell you, well, well, I I I, I didn't shed a tear but i did eat lots of humble pie but i liked um <laughs> without revealing the whole article there, there was a section in there which I, I particularly liked and it was the fact that you mentioned how um delhi ali and dembele there's quite a bit of interchange between them and either you know one of them can obviously ali plays further forward and at the moment dembele tends to play alongside dyer but how those two can interchange um, one yeah. can go mm. forward and the other one can go Drop, drop back. Uh, there's, there's always some debate. A lot of Spurs fans I hear say, "Oh, Dembele should p- play further forward. He's wasted in front of the back four. I actually think his best position is um, is in front of the back four with Dyer. Um, but I think he's equally adept at playing further forward. And similarly, I think that Dem- Deli Ali, whilst at the moment he seems to be playing further forward and behind Kane, and he's good at getting into the box. Um, there was there were a few games earlier in this season where he was playing in front of the back back four and I thought he was uh, very good playing mm. in, a, in a deeper role and breaking forward um, yeah best, best of both forwards really um, brings out kind of the best of both of them and it, it keeps defences guessing obviously which mm. which can only only help us uh, in, in terms of getting results yeah right okay so um, thank you again Nikki um, and thank you Tor Um we're all off to love Mr. Pochettino um, a little bit more. Um, the future's <laughs> bright. The future's really bright. Good night. So 
Sing it out and we'll talk out over her. 